You're listening to the 104 Sports Report, your main source for Oswego sports, hosted by Zach Case and Joey Palatsky. This is episode 21 of season three of the 104 Sports Report, your main source for Oswego sports. This podcast episode previews the weekend matchups for all Oswego State athletic teams. I'm Zach Case, co-host of the podcast, and I'm alongside Joey Palatsky, my roommate at SUNY Oswego and co-host of the pod. Joe. Welcome into uh, another episode here, and uh, how's your week going? Great, fighting, uh, fighting some strep throat, battling through it. We've got another team wrapping up their season. Uh, so that's what three teams down, only one team still going. That one team getting some national recognition, and we'll get onto that. Or we'll get into that on uh, today's episode. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I know I'm going to apologize right now. I know we talked about it before the pod, but you're sniffling a little bit. I know powering through this one. Yep. So uh, if you hear the sniffles in the background, just know Joey's trying for us. But yeah, you talk about the teams dropping out and, and finishing up their season. Softball wrapped up yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, two teams actually left, though. Tennis has their SUNYAC championship today. We wish them the best of luck. Uh uh, down in, I think they're in, they're in Binghamton. So we're going to talk about them on the pod for the first time this semester, and uh, we'll see what they can do. Obviously, we'll have a recap of what they did in the Suniacs. But welcome back to another episode here on the 104 Sports Report. Welcome back. Obviously, uh, wrapping up the semester here, we have one week left on campus. I'm leaving in a couple of days, actually, to go home before, before finals. You're leaving halfway through the week. So it's coming to an end. It's, it's kind of sad. We made it through our first uh, full year at SUNY Oswego, which is pretty crazy. And I can't believe we made it this far and plenty of action in the, in athletics. And of course, if you want to follow us on our website, the 104sportsport.wordpress.com, you can go ahead. I made that uh, plenty of information about us in the podcast season three episodes. You can go listen back to all of our episodes on all of our podcast platforms, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, and breaker. You can find us on any uh, real service or platform or app where you find your music or podcast. We're on there and we are WNY affiliate. Uh, 88.9 FM or online at WNYO.org or sorry, excuse me, WNYO89.org. Uh, and go listen to other WNYO podcasts on there. Plenty of content, plenty of individuals uh, getting some work done in the podcasting department and a lot of good content on there. So go listen to them. Our episode upload schedule is Monday and Thursday at 3 p.m. And you can leave uh, messages and voicemails at 315-216-7593. I want to do... Another segment again where we did it last season where we had people call in and give us some thoughts. We only had we one, one caller. One person. Yeah, the one, the one person. Shout out to that listener, but we'll see if we get any more. I want to do that towards the end of the season. Of course, we still have that sticker giveaway over on the 104 Sports Report uh, Twitter page at 104 Sports Report. Uh, and that's going to end on Friday. We're going to do an Instagram Live on Saturday, the last giveaway of the semester. We might do some over the summer but uh shout out to the three winners so far and joe plenty of topics to talk about on episode 21 yeah we have nine retweets as of right now at 11 30 a.m on thursday i mean probably when this podcast drops probably about nine or ten so good chances this i think this is the lowest retweeted one we've had so far so if you haven't entered yet get on the 104 sports support twitter get on there retweet the tweet follow us and get your name entered on the sticker giveaway yeah, plenty of uh, common names in the in the poll that really want this sticker. And we got plenty of stickers to give away. So uh, you guys want a sticker of the podcast and you're an avid listener, of course, go go get in the giveaway. So uh, pretty easy. We don't ask you to do a lot. So uh, we'll see what happens here with that on uh, Saturday. Episode 21 topics, baseball. Then we're going to go into a 2021 season recap for softball. Women's tennis, talked about them at the top of the show. We're going to do a round the Suniac for men's lacrosse as Friday they will have their finals 
before the postseason, and then we're going to do a player recognition with women's lacrosse as we had all team honors or all conference honors come out uh, for the sport of women's lacrosse. Joe, of course, you're the baseball guy. I'm going to send it over to you once again, and plenty of action for this baseball team and some rankings too, with them being in some national polls as well. So uh, let me let's talk about the baseball team. Yeah, it started off Tuesday, May fourth, doubleheader against Clarkson. The uh... The, the 16 game win streak was snapped game one, 12, nine loss followed up by an 11, eight, win. uh, let's talk a little bit about game one here. Oswego was up eight, one through four innings. Clarkson beat Oswego 12 to one in the fifth through eight innings behind an eight run sixth inning. Uh, each team had 18 hits. So slugfest out there, seven Lakers with multiple hits in game one and eight guys total had hits. So everyone top to bottom contributing. Game one, just a couple of guys to talk about. Paul Tamara was three of six with an RBI. Brendan Frank, three of five with two RBIs and a triple. Like I said, the 16-game win streak comes to an end. Not a Suniac matchup. Doesn't really hurt too bad. But um, the momentum stopped a little bit. Oswego, just earlier in that day, they cracked the uh, the top 25 rankings on d3 baseball so it's a little bit of a surprise to see the uh see the baseball team fall in game one yeah they were very close to making the poll i think last week we talked i don't know if we talked about it but i brought up the fact to joe that they were 26 in the in the last team to not make it in and clarkson uh a shaky year in the liberty league a tough team a tough league really a lot of teams that are around 500 or haven't really played a lot of games this season uh and i think that's league that's dominated by U of R, right? And St. No, St. St. Lawrence. No, not, I think it's just University of Rochester. Yeah, so so U of R and then Oswego swept. We've yeah, we already seen that. And obviously playing Clarkson again, but Clarkson coming on the road here, getting the win. This is gonna hurt him in the in the rankings, but at the end of the day, uh it's really the road to the Suniac. And and this they get the the win in game two. I, I don't know if I think you said that already, but yeah. really. Uh, and the one other thing to talk about talking about polls is that regional poll that they had uh, on the D3 website. Now they're ranked number one in New York uh, and Brockport two and four, Cortland four. And I know we talk about this a lot, but when the players came on the podcast, they said Brockport and Cortland were going to be the teams to beat. And the top three in the Suniac are all on that poll. So it's going to be interesting what the postseason looks like. I know we talk about it a lot, but this baseball team's good and they're looking to for, for a four P real Joe. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the New York rankings on D3Baseball.com, you got three of the – I mean, you know, it's a tough conference to play in when three of the top four teams are all in this conference with Oswego, Brockport, and Cortland. Um, and just a little bit more about that doubleheader. In game two, Kyle, Loria, and Miles Felton each had a three-run home run. Miles Felton was two of three. Brendan Frank and Ryan Weiss were each two of four. Uh, Oswego took a 9-1 early early lead uh, in a seven-inning seven game two. And then Clarkson made a little comeback, wasn't enough. Oswego put up two insurance runs in the bottom of the sixth to get a win streak back going. Now there's two more doubleheaders left in this regular season. Thursday, May 6th at Oneana, one and four o'clock. Oneana is currently 10 and eight. They're five and seven in the Suniac. They're second in the Suniac East. Oswego's 38 and 25 all time against the Red Dragons, currently on a 13 game win streak, which dates back to April 29th, 2016. Another long win streak. Uh, they're playing Plattsburgh. Saturday, May 8th, doubleheader, wrapping up the uh, the season for the Lakers and their home games as well. So final – or well, it won't be the final home games and because I'm guessing Oswego is going to host the uh, Suniac games. But Saturday, May 8th, the doubleheader against Plattsburgh, 1-3 o'clock at Laker Baseball Field. Plattsburgh's 4-12 and overall, 3-9 in the conference. They're fourth in the Suniac East. Oswego just a little over 500 currently against the uh, – against Plattsburgh all-time at 24-21. and 21. 
and another long win streak against another Suniac team with a 15-game win streak for the Lakers going back to March 2015. So Oswego just looking to get some momentum going into the Suniac playoffs and um, extend, a, extend a couple of very long win streaks against a couple of Suniac opponents here. Yeah, and Oswego coming in, they're going to have two East teams. And we talked about this, I think, last night. We were just We were just talking about the baseball team. And they're going to go play these East teams, but they do count towards the division in the West with the crossover and the format with the East and the lack of teams in the Suniac for baseball. So these are going to be good games. And the one funny thing is this is the first time now Oswego State Lakers team has seen Plattsburgh this year. And usually we'd already have a hockey season underway and done with. And uh, we're, we'd be seeing Plattsburgh in almost every sport. So it's going to be kind of funny that the Oswego baseball team has to add something to the legacy maybe between these two schools, uh, which is kind of cool. You know, not seeing Plattsburgh since 2019 when we were here in 2020 and and now having almost a whole year off. And obviously that rivalry is going to be insane next well, season in hockey too. The last time probably would have been what, uh, the playoff game? The playoff the game playoff we did game. in Murano. So it, it's going to be fun to see. I, I don't really know how much, uh, to be honest, I should have probably looked it up more, but Plattsburgh and Oswego don't really know uh, how many, uh, let's say, I don't know if it's a it's a good challenge between the two teams if they're even. I know you wrote down that they have a 15 game win streak against the team. So really, lately it's been all Oswego, but I don't know if there's more history with that program. Yeah, like there Oswego's is. 24 and 21 overall. So it's close. So it's close. Yeah. But recently Oswego's just been dominating. And and they've been dominating everyone in the SUNYAC. Let's be there honest. So uh, we'll see. It. I I really look forward to that one on Saturday. Uh, we know, I think we forgot to mention this, but Sunday's St. John Fisher doubleheader got canceled because of St. John Fisher making up a conference game uh, in the Empire 8, I think. So, St. John Fisher was in the D1 baseball rankings, too. And so they're, that they're been a great a, team. That would have been a, a good team. And, and if they split or if they won both of them, that would have been good for the rankings overall. Because I don't know if St. John Fisher is in the top 25 nationally. So. Because Oswego is only 22nd. So St. John Fisher is a great program. I know Joey and I, we talked about this. I, I'm from Rochester, and, and all my baseball buddies talked about how good St. John Fisher was. And, oh, if I play for St. John Fisher, that would be so cool in college. And uh, so that would have been a great matchup. Unfortunately, that's canceled. So two, two doubleheaders left, and Oswego can clinch a one. They're gonna, they could clinch with the, both of the wins here. Or looking at the, the records, a 3-9 and nine and a 5-7. and seven. So some teams in the SUNYAC. East are struggling, even though Ondeon is second. So we'll see what happens. But Oswego clinching the one seed is what you want uh, for the Suniac playoffs. And best of three series, too, by the way. Yeah, it's just uh, Oswego and Brockport and that Suniac West Fredonia has been eliminated. So, I mean, really all that's left is Oswego just looking to lock up some home field advantage here in the, uh, in the final four games. And I definitely agree with you there, especially say you see a team like Oneonta, you don't have to see Cortland or Brockport. Uh, like a, we talked about maybe the big three, the juggernauts of the Suniac in baseball being those top three teams. And if you don't have to see one of them in the first round, that means the other two are going to have a slugfest, really. Uh, when it comes down to it, we don't know what Cortland looks like. We haven't seen them yet, but we know Brockport can hit the ball real well and they can pitch too. So I think that matchup in the semifinal is going to be really fun. Uh, yeah, and all, all Brockport's got left looking at it here. Uh, they play Fredonia May 6th in a doubleheader and then Oneana as well, Saturday doubleheader. I think it'll be really cool to see where Brockport matches up with Oneata because obviously I, I think Oswego can get the dub today uh, it, on the road. But Brockport matching up Oneonta too is also going to be a good game for them. But the thing that the thing that's going to stink for the Red Dragons of Oneonta 
is if you drop all four games against these two West teams, I don't know if you're in a playoff spot. Yeah, well, it's still, as of right now, Oswego and Brockport have both clinched. It's just a matter of who's going to get um, the first seed, who's going to get the home field advantage in the Suniac West. It's between Oneonas, five and seven, New Paltz, five and nine, Plattsburgh, three and nine. So for, New, Paltz, uh, New Paltz could could come in and take a spot here. And really, just thinking about it, for Oswego, if you're looking at it, uh, it's really comes down to you want that home field advantage. You want to be able to be that one seed, especially going in the finals too. Cause I think Oswego looking at the records, uh, they could pass Cortland record wise uh, to take the home field advantage going into the, the finals game, if they make it that far. So we'll see what happens. I think Oswego has a good chance uh, in the Suniacs, but that big three is going to be a, a, the storyline basically if you're the Suniac and, uh, I think we're ready to move on from baseball. Yeah. Joe, obviously softball wrapping up their season, playing for Donia on Wednesday and Cortland on Tuesday. Two big double header or double headers uh, that maybe did not go in Oswego's favor. Only one win. So talk about those and then talk about your season recap for the softball team. Yeah, Cortland, a really good team in the Suniac. Um, how about five two loss in game one for the Lakers against Cortland on uh, May fourth. Eight six win in game two. Pleasant surprise from the Lakers softball team showing a sign of heart late in the season after already being eliminated. Game one, Cortland led three two going into the seventh, so it really was a close game. Then they just tacked on a couple insurance runs, made the uh, the end score of five two seem a little bigger, seem a little like a wider of a margin than it actually was. Madalena Rebel went three or four in game one, the star for the Lakers in game one. Cortland's and then uh, game two, Cortland scored four runs in the top of the second of game two to make it 5-1. Pretty much seemed like uh, they were going to open the margin a little bit. Then Oswego answered back six-run bottom of the second to make it 7-5 after two. Lakers showing lots of heart in the bottom of the second, taking a 7-5 win uh, through two innings. And then uh, the pitching held up strong before going on to an 8-6 win in game two. Leah Serwinski, three of four. Taylor Dubois, three of four, three RBIs. Fiona Higgins, two for four and a couple RBIs, and Zoe Menning with a triple. So lots of Lakers bats contributing in game two. Um, Wednesday, May 5th, doubleheader at Fredonia. The Lakers got swept 12-8 loss and 7-0 loss. Uh, so you go out hit Fredonia 14-11 in game one, but they all, the Lakers also had four errors. So that would come back to hurt them. Taylor Dubois, four of four, two doubles and two RBIs. Aliyah Yezo, three of four three doubles and four RBIs and Zoe Menning two of four with an RBI in game one. So again, a lot of Laker bats contributing, uh, carrying over from game two with the Cortland doubleheader into game one of the Fredonia doubleheader game two against Fredonia. Lakers only had one hit with Elias Serwinski double. So it didn't get much going there in the final game of the season. They finish at eight and 14 overall and five eleven in the Suniac. And then a few stats here, Madeline, uh, just on the season, some key players, Madalena Rebel. Taylor Dubois, Leah Serwinski make up the senior class. Uh, Zoe Menning going to be returning next year for her senior season. Batted 423 with three home runs, 10 extra base hits, and 15 RBIs in the season. Taylor Dubois, the senior, batted 328, two home runs, 18 RBIs. And then really the two main pitchers that are both going to be returning next year, Madison Hoflich and Fiona Higgins. Hoflich finished 5-5 five and five with a 2.48 ERA, 32 strikeouts across 62 innings. Opponent batting average, only 267. So hopefully it's looking to be the ace the next couple of years for the Lakers. Fiona Higgins was two, was two and six with a 5.25 ERA. She had 55 strikeouts across 64 innings. So the ERA um, over double what Hoflich had, but the strikeout numbers through the roof. 
Opponents batted 308 against her. So, you know, the uh, opponent batting average and the ERA both higher for Higgins and Holtflitch, but the strikeout rate, the swing and miss rate for Higgins was very high. And uh, Lakers probably got to get add on an arm or two for next year, not necessarily to replace Higgins, but Higgins will be there strong next year. Um, Holtflitch could probably be the ace of the staff next year, bringing back Menning with the bat, and uh, she's going to return for her senior season. And I think the Lakers softball team is looking pretty solid next year, honestly. Yeah, looking at looking back at the game recaps, uh, Cortland, that was a big win in game two. For Donia, they had the lead. They were up big early, and for Donia came back and then took the momentum into game two. It, it is what it is. You can't get the win on the final final double header, double header, which is okay, but for Donia's a good squad. Uh, heading into your recap, like you talked about, I do think that Gabrielle Rivers needs to look for more pitching, especially since these – two pitchers they have are actually all three that they have are all sophomores. So eventually they're going to leave and and they have two years now, but you don't know what's going to happen after those two years. You have no one else right now. So I definitely say add, add pitching. And then you got to replace those three of Rubel, Du Bois, Sirwinski, all big bats for the Lakers, but as well as good field position players too. So uh, great. I think it's a great team, a great program. I think Gabrielle Rivers came in did what she could with the roster that she has did solid job for her first season as a, as the head coach, even though last year she technically was, they didn't play, but uh, she did a solid job and she came on the podcast and, and talked well too. So I, I really think it was a good season for the softball team. And I think they can really build with the old format next year. I think this team could have made it into the playoffs with the format of last year, just because they had a strong division this year and they did not see a lot of teams outside of the division. When they did, they didn't count towards the SUNYAC standings. So for Oswego, I, I really think they would do better next year in the in the standings and in the playoff format. And uh, I think it's going to be a good team and it's going to be a fun program to watch in the coming years, Joe. Yeah, definitely. A, a team that was 5-11 and 11 in the conference this year. I, I believe it was majority underclassmen on this team. Um, Plenty of underclassmen. Yeah. Lots of underclassmen going to be returning for the next two or three years. Um, bringing back an ace in your star hitter definitely doesn't hurt. Five and eleven in the Sumiak. It's re really, I mean, I, it wasn't that bad of a season overall. Plenty of bright spots. Again, like you said, just they played some tough teams. Um, Buffalo State clinched. It's between Fredonia, Geneseo, and Brockport in Suniac West. And Geneseo and Brockport are playing each other in a doubleheader. So really, Geneseo could pass Fredonia, and then Brockport could tie Fredonia. Uh, either way, uh, Fredonia looks set really because Brockport and Geneseo could split too, and I don't think they would make it in. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tight race in the West. Obviously, Oswego's out of it. Uh, in the East, you got that that Cortland team and and Oneonta. So we already got that set. So the both Red Dragon programs will be joining. Uh, whatever team adds in in the West for the playoffs. Yeah, softball team is looking bright going forward, and. Uh... We'll keep you updated with the uh, with the SUNYAC softball tournament here on the 104 Sports Report as well. Yeah, a little around the SUNYAC section. Let's have it over now to women's lacrosse here on the 104 Sports Report. Sorry, excuse me, women's tennis, uh, not women's lacrosse. That's coming a little later on in the show. Women's tennis, so uh, coming and making their debut on the podcast in episode 21. And they're getting set for the SUNYAC Women's Tennis Championship today, May 6th. You're listening to the podcast at 3. Semifinal started at noon. Uh, obviously, we can't update you. We were recording before noon. So we'll see where this women's across, or women's tennis team excuse me, finished. Their finals are at 8 p.m. in the Binghamton Tennis Center. Uh, never been there, Joe. I don't know if you've ever been to Binghamton. Sounds like a great place. Sounds like an amazing facility for some tennis. tennis. So uh, Oswego is the number one seed in the West. 
an overall record three and two, and they're going to face off against the two seed from the East, the Oneonta Red Dragons. And New Paltz, the number one uh, seed in the East, takes on Fredonia, the two seed in the West. New Paltz has won the championship in 2019, and they have seven overall championships, and the other three programs are looking for their first Suniac overall title in program ever, really, in program history. So uh, the tennis team, uh, some key players on there, uh, and really, I can't wait to see if they get it done and, and be the first Oswego State Suniac champion uh, in a while, really, since I think the 2019 season. So, how about that? N- New Pulse, seven overall championships. Apparently, the the dynasty and the Suniac of women's tennis. That I didn't know that. Uh, New Pulse five and zero on the year coming into today. Um, also, Oswego, like you said, three and two overall. Three and one in the Suniac. So the Lakers first place in the Suniac West. How about that? Not a big deal. No, I mean, that was. I know we don't talk about the women's tennis team a lot, but they have a good program over there. And it's unfortunate because, like, we can't broadcast them. Just we don't have the resources to go over to the courts over at Romney, which it, it is what it is. I wish we could, but I wouldn't mind calling a tennis game. I'm not going to lie. Like, a, just spending a couple hours at the courts just talking about some tennis. Oh, that's a good ball there. That's a good ball played good on the serve. inside. Yeah, good right. serve, you know? uh-huh. I think it would be pretty fun to do. Nothing, something we don't really do often. So Oswego uh, hasn't played Oneonta yet this year. They've um, beat Brockport a couple times, beat Fredonia one or split with Fredonia, and then there's a loss to Geneseo on here as well. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll see how the uh, how this Laker tennis team fares um, in this women's tennis tournament over at the Binghamton Tennis Center and um, good luck to the Lakers today as well. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about this on the recap and of episode 22 that's going to release on Monday at 3 p.m. And uh, women's tennis, we'll see if they're going to be champions. You can probably follow me on Twitter. I'll definitely have it up there uh, depending on what the results are. And uh, we'll see what happens with this tennis team. Now going around the Suniac now, men's lacrosse, Geneseo and Corlin will face off in the Suniac championship, the final game of the men's lacrosse season is Friday in Cortland at 7.30 p.m. under the lights at that nice turf field they got down in Cortland. Uh, let's talk about how we got here. The number one seed, Cortland, defeated Potsdam, the number two in the East, 19-5, a blowout victory for the Red Dragons over the Bears. And the other Red Dragons team, not as fortunate as the Cortland squad, Geneseo defeating them 14-2. to the number one seed in the East falling to the West. I told you how good this West division was, and it shows here in the playoffs. Cortland playing for the 27th title overall, the real, the dynasty in the nation and in uh, the Suniac and Geneseo playing for their fourth title, a a program that's on the come up uh, that could take down the dynasty on Friday at home in Cortland. Joe, I know you took the winner of the Geneseo-Oneonta matchup. Uh, were you going to take Geneseo if you had to pick between the two teams? I mean, uh, honestly, with I mean, like you said, it, it, it helps show how dominant this West division is. And honestly, if you're the uh, the Oswego Lakers and you see this, I mean, it was a winless season. You played Cortland a couple times, played Geneseo a couple times, and they're both by far, I mean, clearly the two dominant teams in the Suniac. And I think it, it might help take the sting off a little bit, seeing even the second best team on the West absolutely dominate the number one seed on the east and um i took the winner of oneonta versus geneseo you took Cortland. 
So uh, we got a West showdown who are Friday. You, who, who would you take though if you had if you were gonna pick if I had to make you pick between Geneseo and Deonta? Can you give me the honest opinion there? I still take Geneseo. I probably would have gone Geneseo just because I feel like Cortland was pretty much a lock to make the championship, yeah. and you're not gonna. Uh, I feel like you just won't see two one seeds in lacrosse. Yeah, I don't know too much. Like uh, I don't know, especially like especially with the with how big the division is, and you talk about that with Oswego going winless, going zero seven this year. Uh, they had one non-conference game, seeing Brockport, Geneseo, and Cortland all twice and a, a tough schedule like we talked about with Kevin O'Donnell. And it is what it is, really, in, in a building season. And, and just know that next year you won't have that, hopefully, division-wise. I'm hoping I think we'll be back to normal by then, especially maybe for winter. Uh, I think for spring it's going to be fine. But Oswego, uh, a tough schedule, and Cortland, Geneseo uh, really taking on each other here in this matchup. And I, I know I have Cortland. I know you got Geneseo. I'm currently one to know. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And, and really for men's lacrosse, it's going to wrap up a season that, uh, for at least for Oswego wasn't as planned. It didn't go as well as they wanted to, but for the rest of the conference, another, another season, another sport that was able to get a, a season in and a championship in. I think it'll be a fun championship game to watch though, between Cortland and Geneseo. Especially at seven 30, like that's going to be a great game. And I hope Cortland has some good coverage down there. Uh, with their broadcast, but we'll see what happens with men's lacrosse. Definitely going to talk about it around the SUNYAC segment on Monday. And let's dive into women's lacrosse now here on the 104 Sports Sport. Player recognition now across the SUNYAC as the conference released women's lacrosse yearly awards. Three Oswego players making all conference teams here. Talk about the first one team captain Sheila Wiley being named to the second team. She had 28 goals and six assists for 34 points. She was ranked in the top 10. Uh, for points this season, had a great season overall, really led the Lakers on offense. Uh, I know Joey and I talked about, we think she got snubbed a little bit, mm -hmm. probably should have been on the first team just because she was the offense really for Oswego besides maybe Shane McConnell and Logan Castiglione. But we thought Sela should have got, or, or, or at least she should have got number one team, but it is what it is really. And second team isn't bad. And, and with the points she put up, it just shows as a sophomore what she's going to do junior and senior year. I think it's very promising having a sophomore or having three underclassmen, second and third team out when you really wouldn't be too surprised to see all three of them move up a team next year. Really? Yeah, definitely. And let's talk about those other two, Julia Quirk, Shay McConnell, Julia Quirk, five goals for five points. But the biggest thing is 37 draw controls as a freshman. She also makes second team with Sheila Wiley and then third team, Shay McConnell, a, a real uh, I call her kind of like the little sister to the Wiley out there on the field because they have that crossing play at the top of the circle. They they have good ball movement together. And McConnell with 19 goals, four assists for 23 points, doing a great job. She makes the third team her freshman year, along with Julia Quirk, both having great freshman years, honestly, and, and a lot to build off of in this freshman class. We talk about it all the time being strong and two of the real leaders and maybe uh, Isabel Lembo having a great second half of the season, another leader that can probably be on a team uh, or on an all-conference team next season. So for the three of them, uh, congrats. And obviously, Britt Howard, congrats to her program once again, getting honored across the SUNYAC. And we'll see what this squad can do next season. I know we talked about it already in a couple episodes ago when they wrapped up their season, but a team that can make a playoff run hopefully next year and keep improving on what they did this season. Yeah, I think the, the accolades are a very good sign. I mean, we knew – I mean, you and I knew and a lot, lots of Oswego people here knew how good – these three underclassmen were on the Sunni or on the uh, Oswego women's lacrosse team. 
And I think seeing the accolades and seeing how they really, how the Sumiaks thinks they really do stack up against other, other players in the conference shows here with two second team and a third team nomination go. I mean, all underclassmen too. I think having putting a freshman on second and a freshman on third team is huge. Yeah. Cela Cela Wiley arguably could have been first team. We were looking at some of the stats. Uh could have been first team. And honestly, the only reason I'll put her first team is because she's a sophomore competing against junior seniors and grad and graduate students. Yeah. And she's putting up more points than some of those seniors and, and juniors. So that's the only I think that was my biggest reason on why she should be first team. It is what it is, but looking at some of the players like Heather Conklin from uh, Brockport setting records for a program and putting up the most points in the Suniac. She's a graduate uh, student. That's a different, different position, though. She's still attack, though, right? Attack no, midi. Well, I was looking at it. Yeah, well, they have a Cela Wiley's listed as a midfielder. Conklin's but at, listed but as But at the end of the day, they're both offense and they both matched up against each other yeah. in their games that they played. So at the end of the day, obviously, she might get more rips on the ball shots wise. I don't know if you can check those totals now, but. Players like that, for example, who are in their fourth year in the SUNYAC have played a whole season, and Cela Wiley only played four games coming into this year. That's why I would put Cela Wiley as number one, uh, as the one team. And it is what it is, really. But she, putting up the points you did sophomore year, putting up the points that you did for the two freshmen, it shows how good this program will be uh, coming into the next two, three years. No, I'm with you. Every word you just said, definitely. Cela Wiley, I've, Quirk, and Shane McConnell, I think, are all going to be first or second team next year. Personally, my prediction right here, I'm expecting Cela Wiley to be first team next year. I think Julia Quirk could move up to first team. I think Shane McConnell could move up to second, first or second team as well. Yep. So that's going to wrap up our uh, episode here on the 104 Sports Report. Shout out to those three players in the program and, and the rest and everyone else who got awards uh, across the SUNYAC. We're going to have more of those coming for every other sport. So check out that segment in every episode coming up. But this is going to wrap up uh, episode 21 on the 104 Sports Report for season three. Uh, still doing sticker giveaways. Plenty of episodes out there if you guys want to listen back. A lot of the interviews are still timely. Podcast platforms. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. You can check us wherever uh, wherever you find music or podcasts. We're probably on there. So check us out on any app. We are a WNYO affiliate, and we release every Monday and Thursday at 3 p.m. For the rest of the semester, no player and coach interview today, uh, which usually we do on Thursdays. We just didn't feel like there was really an interview that felt good for the season. We might do baseball next week since they are the last team to really continue to compete Social media at the 104 Sports Board. You can check out the sticker giveaway there. We're on Twitter and Instagram at that uh, username, Joey Palatsky on Twitter and Zach K6 on Twitter as well. You can follow both of us for all Oswego State sports news. And thank you uh, for your continued support. Joe, uh, any final words before we uh, log off here? Yeah, real quick about the men's lacrosse final. Geneseo and Cortland have met twice this year. Cortland took the first, or sorry, Geneseo took the first game 10-9. Cortland took the second game 14-13. to so two separate one goal games. I think it's going to be a great game Friday night. And uh, we'll update you on the men's lacrosse championship next episode of the 104 Sports Report. So I think that's Joey Palatsky's game to watch for the week. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great weekend between that. You got four Oswego baseball games. Definitely going to watch those. And I you know you're commentating your, a couple of those too. Yeah, so. got to get your thumbs going. Get on Twitter, 104 Sports Report. Retweet, get the sticker giveaway. And uh, let's have a great weekend. Yeah, so thank you for your continued support of the 104 Sports Report, your main source for Oswego sports joey and i appreciate your support we look forward to posting episode 22 of the podcast on monday at 3 p.m until then go lakers